tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to the marketplace. Coming up, calls intensify for finance ministers to be sanctioned when they breach the fiscal responsibility law to protect the Bank of Ghana from undue pressure. People to suffer and let us do, do this way. But if you do, if you don't do that, now Bank of Ghana, the mother of the banks, are being called to do. So for me, there were options since 2019. I think we haven't met the fiscal responsibility. Bank of Ghana justifies almost 61 billion CD uh, loss recorded, saying it has been, it had to absorb about 50% of Ghana's domestic debts to qualify for an IMF program. Also ahead, Chamber for Local Governance kicks against move by GRA to collect property taxes through third-party agency. My name is Daryl Kwao. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up. Well, first up, there are growing calls for finance ministers to be severely sanctioned any time they breach the fiscal responsibility law to serve as deterrent. Banking consultant Dr. Rich Manitriani is of the view that such punishment will protect the public purse and enforce financial discipline on managers of the country's fiscal policies. The Bank of Ghana recently announced that it is crucial to write off some of government's debt to help in the economic recovery process under an IMF program. Speaking to Joy Business, Dr. Tuyani emphasized that such action will spare the Bank of Ghana from unnecessarily stepping in to help the government when it borrows recklessly. There is a problem that cuts your coat according to your cloth. If you knew this is the revenue you generate, you don't promise heaven and earth everything you want to do within a period of time. And again, the, the, the expenditure side 
if you look at all that we are saying, all the time is falling on the, the, the public. Nobody looked at the other side of it, that we carry such a load, the numbers of ministers and what have you and what. But it seems that we want to take the softer spot, get people to suffer, and let us do, do it this way. But if you, do, if you don't do that, now Bank of Ghana, the mother of the banks, are being called to do. So for me, there were options since 2019. I think we haven't met the physical responsibility of 5%. It goes 11.9, 14 point something. All the time we are spending more than we can, we can generate. Meantime, the Bank of Ghana has assured that it is not ba bankrupt but financially sound to carry out its mandate. There's a, more from a statement issued by the bank following reports that it is now insolvent after the almost 61 billion CD loss posted last year. The statement maintained that central banks around the world, just like the Bank of Ghana, are not commercial banks. Therefore, the current laws has very little impact on its operations. The Bank of Ghana is therefore assuring the public that it remains committed to the high standards of prudent management and transparent accounting and audit practices. On the almost 61 billion Ghana cities laws for last year, it argued that the situation came about as a result of the central bank been forced to step in to absorb almost half of Ghana's total debt stock. This singular act, according to the Bank of Ghana, led to significant impairment losses, bringing the total impairments of government holdings to 48.4 billion Ghana cities. In a later development, the Bank of Ghana has also been responding to concerns raised by the minority grouping in Parliament on its operations. First, the significant jump in the vehicle maintenance cost. Here, the Bank of Ghana says it covered all its fleet of vehicles around the country and not just the headquarters, as well as related costs when it comes to insurance and fuel expenses. On the issue of waiver and write-offs without recourse to Parliament, the central bank insists all the necessary approvals were sought from Parliament through the 2023 budget, which was collectively approved by the House. Well, on Zoom with us, Senior Finance Lecturer at the University of Ghana uh, Business School, Dr. Benjamin Amal, good afternoon to you. So the Bank of Ghana, uh, in that statement, indicated it had to step into right of government's debt to help in the economic recovery process under an IMF program. It highlighted challenges on the fiscal side contributing to the losses incurred uh, in 2022. Is that enough justification? Thank you very much. To a large extent, that is the mandate of the central bank as per the constitution, 1902 constitution, chapter 13, article 183, basically says what the central bank must do and how the central bank can support the economy. But as to how much and under what condition the central bank gave out this money, the annual report specifies that they're talking about government of Ghana bond, cocoa board bonds, ESLA, and Dachi bonds are some of the instruments that the Bank of Ghana exposed itself to indirectly by financing money or passing on money to the Ministry of Finance for budget support. So, you know, it depends on how we want to look at this particular decision by the central bank. These funds, as we talk about now, 
They didn't go out to the central bank last year, 2022. These are funds that over time, the central bank has passed on to the Ministry of Finance through the purchase of these instruments. And it is the case that when the Ministry of Finance said that it could no longer meet its debt servicing obligation under the domestic debt exchange program, then the exposure that the central bank assumed crystallized. Hence, there was a need for the central bank to impair this asset as per the international financial reporting standard to report the huge losses that we are seeing. But we need to also understand something. You see, when it comes to the central bank, a strict enforcement of the international financial reporting standard does not hold because the central bank operates and is shrouded within this concept of sovereignty. So just as the Ministry of Finance or the Treasury can come up with a debt exchange program, in a similar way, the central bank also, based on certain happenings within the economy, can take certain decisions. Of course, the law must be observed and respected when it comes to decisions. But strictly speaking, the monetary side to the central bank, together the physical side, must be seen to be supporting each other. In terms of excess, we can argue about it. But it is not out of place. And around the world, there are numerous instances where the central bank has come out to bail out the fiscal side of the economy. That is what has happened in our case. Could, could the central bank have rejected requests for help from the government? That would indirectly mean bringing the economy to a halt. And that would be dangerous for all of us. If you look at the, the, the stakeholder group that we dealt with, the commercial banks had to sacrifice. The investment companies had to sacrifice. Insurance companies had to sacrifice. Even individuals were called upon to sacrifice. So there's no way that within this bed, uh, sorry, debt burden sharing arrangement, the central bank would have exonerated itself. It will not work. Why wouldn't it work? It will not work in the sense that the central bank's biggest headache was how liquidity within the economy can be assured. By and large, the central bank has been successful together the Ministry of Finance to make sure that when we go to the banks to withdraw, to make requests for our money, we have it in the midst of the debt exchange program. Two, we still have to meet that quota set for us by IMF to qualify for the program. With all the sacrifices there that these stakeholder groups have made, it was still not enough. We needed that big support. And that big support will only come from the central bank. We should not forget, the central bank is owned by the central government and the mm. Ministry of Finance. The single shareholder of the central bank is Ministry of Finance. Anytime the central bank makes profit, it goes to Ministry of Finance. So if there is any loss, which in this case has been caused by the Ministry of Finance, it is just an, an issue of the central bank not being in the position financially, reporting losses as a result of Ministry of Finance's desire and approach of selling instruments to the central bank and the central bank purchasing these instruments. That is where we are coming from. But we should not forget that the central bank is directly under, of course, the constitution that the central bank is independent. But then look at the board structure of the central bank. We have a ministry, Ministry of Finance rep mm. on the board. That should clearly tell you that the central bank is not as independent as it is on paper. Definitely, 
the physical side, the monetary side must work. And in this case, it is not unusual that the central bank has been coming to bail the government out of this difficulty. Uh, in the past few days, we, we've had calls for uh, the central bank governor to uh, resign. Is there a basis for that call, uh, seeing the dilemma the central bank was in in 2022? Okay, yeah, we can use the word dilemma, but we need to understand that central banks do not have a problem when they have negative equity. In fact, there is evidence all over the place that there are central banks in the world that are using negative equity or capitalization to run. It's about the extent to which the central bank can fulfill its policy mandate. In the midst of all these difficulties, if the Bank of Ghana is meeting its policy of the, uh, uh, mandate as per at 612 and Article 183 of the 1992 Constitution, then one can clearly say that a central bank has been successful. Of course, if there are other items that raises questions, it is justified to bring it up and to discuss it. But to answer your question directly, should the central bank governor resign or not? The central bank governor was appointed by the president per Article 182, Section 4, Subsection D. It is there. And it says that you can only remove the central bank governor just as we do in a case of a justice of a superior court of judicature. That is a clause there. So if you really, really want to trigger that, then that is how we have to take the central bank governor off. Another thing we need to look at is that how do we appoint the central bank governors and how do we assure them of independency from the political office holders? Mm. If you look at our constitution, currently it is the president who appoints the central bank governor in consultation with the Council of State. Does it give us enough independence on the part of the central bank? I don't think so. We are in this country where we have heard that the current Minister of Finance called a former Deputy Governor to tell him that we no longer need your services as far as our government is concerned. Two, if you look at the behavior in terms of the change in leadership of the Central Bank in Ghana, nobody should tell you that anytime there is a political change in this country, the Central Bank governors are changed. So clearly, if you look at that behavior, Central Bank is not independent. What we can do going forward is, if possible, to amend that part of the Constitution that says that it is only the president who appoints in consultation with the Council of State. This time around, the president nominates or appoints, or sorry, nominates first in consultation mm -hmm. with Council of State. Then it goes to parliament for vetting. It goes to parliament for vetting, just like we do for the uh, chief justices, etc. The question is, why is this so? If the chief justice who administers justice in the country, that affects all of us, is subjected to parliamentary vetting, what about the central bank governor who controls money that affects all of us in the economy? We may do ourselves a lot of good if we use that same approach to assess who can be a governor for the central bank. Two, when it comes to the tenure, which is four years, what we can also deliberately do is that we should give them tenure that overlaps election cycles in this country. So that please, the governor is assured that even if there's a change in the political governance of this country, he or she will still have to, he or she will still have to maintain or keep to his office and then do what the law requires him or her to do.
Okay, and while we look at the way forward, earlier we heard from a banking consultant, Dr. Rich Manitouane, who, who joined calls for finance ministers to be severely sanctioned any time they breach the fiscal responsibility law to serve as a deterrent. How workable is that? It is because the, law, the, the laws are there. The laws you know, are clear in terms of what to do when it is clear that something has gone wrong, which was avoidable. If it is clear that we can confidently say that, yes, in this particular decision, the minister did or did not act the way he or she was expected, given all the information available, all the things available, I don't think there's anything wrong for us to apply the laws as is the law says. You should be able to be bold enough to do it. Okay, quick one. We have uh, 30 seconds. Uh, the minority, as we heard earlier, purporting that uh, the, the Bank of Ghana may be headed for bankruptcy. Uh, I just wonder your thoughts on that. Is there any way that is possible? For now, if you look at the strict enforcement of the financial reporting standard, you can say that the central bank is bankrupt. But then, the central bank is not solvent. You see? The central bank, you measure the performance of central If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject traditional terms and conditions Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC Bank based on its policy mandate not based on its capital structure because the central bank can run with negative equity the central bank is not a typical commercial bank. So we need to look at the argument within that space. Now that we are talking about recapitalization, who are we going to call on? It's the right. same government that borrowed from the central bank to recapitalize the central bank. So we need to understand the circular flow of funds between the central bank and the ministry of finance or the central government and how the funds flow and to look at what the funds are rather used for. That is very, very important because mm. if we don't look at what the funds are used for, the central bank can become a channel that individuals can use to just rip up the state without giving us value for money. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Benjamin Amwa, Senior Finance Lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. I appreciate your time. Now, the Chamber for Local Governance is making a case for Parliament to stop the Ghana Revenue Authority from collecting property taxes using a third-party company. According to the chamber, the GRA is embarking on some illegalities to allow the company to collect the tax from uh, district assemblies. Uh, let's speak with a tax consultant, Francis Timorboy, uh, on this. Uh, good afternoon to you, Francis. So what is the position of the law uh, when it comes to the collection of property rates? Is it the remit of the GRA or the local assemblies? Local Government Act, um, Section 144. It clearly says that the district assembly is the only body that is mandated to collect property rates. And so over the years, they've been doing that. And if you have, you know, been approached before, the district assembly themselves were using some third parties where they will write a letter to you and then they will tell you that this property rate is due. And then you come and collect. Over the years, the problem has been 
the poor performance of the digital assemblies. If you look at the 2023 budget that was presented to Parliament, out of the 261 district assemblies that we have in Ghana, the total amount that they were able to raise from property rates was just um, 39 million Ghana cities. So the government thought it wise that let us do some collaboration with the GRE so that even though GRE legally is not the one that is mandated to collect the, the property rates in the various districts, GRE has the capacity and then the know-how when it comes to tax collection. So the government made that proposal and they did some piloting and they came out with some you know, a platform called the Unified Common Property Rates Platform, or they, sometimes they call it the My Assembly. So you go there, you register your property rates, and then you can, you know, pay it seamlessly. You can even use mobile money to pay. So legally, I can say that the GRA is not mandated. They do more of the income tax and then the indirect tax collection. The district assemblies are those that are mandated under Section 144 of the local government tax to do the collection. Uh, I guess the question is, which entity can efficiently collect this tax? For me, I think a collaborative approach is the best because if 261 districts, they collect 39 million cities, that is wo- wo- very woeful. And so, again, let's not forget that uh, GRA is also mandated to collect what we call the rent tax. So a collaborative approach will mean that if they are able to help work together with the district assemblies, to collect the property rates, they can use the same information to collect the rent tax. Rent for from commercial property is 15% on the gross amount that you receive. And then if it is for residential property, you pay 8%. In this country, hardly do you see landlords going to pay you know, rent tax on, on amount that they have received from you know their tenants. So the best approach would have been is the Peloton bike even worth it? Isn't it just a bike? Uh, just a bike with low-impact rides for chill people to chill with, with five- and ten-minute cool-downs for cool people to be cool with, and scenic rides for vibey people to vibe with. It's just a bike with a 30-day home trial so you can see if you're any one of those people. Try a Peloton Bike or Bike Plus at home for 30 days, and if it's not for you, return it for a full refund. First-time bike and Bike Plus purchasers only one trial per household. Upfront payment required. Full terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Uh, the, you know, the, the collaborative approach. And indeed, if you look at the budget, from 39 million cities, the government estimated that they're going to raise about 165 million Ghana cities, which is like a triple jump of the amount that the district assemblies are doing. So mm. I think that the district assemblies have not been doing well in the past. The best is for us to get the GRA, collaborate, and again, we can also leverage on it and enforce some significant part of the law that we have. Look at East Lebanon. The whole of the year, in 2022, they just raised 5.3 million cities from huge properties that are located in East Lebanon. And that's not, that is not, it's not fair. Oh, so right now we are told there's a third party that has been uh, engaged. Um, just wondering if that is a prudent way of collecting the property tax? I, I think that it depends on maybe the, the level of engagement. Right now what we have is that there's a common platform where you go there and you register. The problem has been that how many people have gone there to register their property. So possibly the GRA is using the third parties to make sure that you, your property is registered. Before, we were sending the, the uh, property owners letters. So maybe if you come from work, you see a letter that has been pushed under your gate and then you read it. Nobody follows up. So GRA may be using some third parties to enforce the collection. And then when, I mean, the, the enforcement of the registration. 
So after they have registered, after your property is registered, you go online, then you can pay with your either electronic card or mobile money. And I think that that is more efficient. But if GRA has resorted to the old system where third parties are writing letters to companies to come and register, then I don't think we have, you know, um, really implemented a unified common property waste platform. This time it is digitalized. So I believe that that mode is the way to go instead of using manual people going around to collect the taxes. Well, we've, we've heard about a group that is opposing the Chamber of Local Governance, uh, opposing this uh, third-party involvement in the collection of the tax. And should this go ahead, what should be the, the target for the third-party engaged, and what should the local assemblies uh, get from the tax collected? The problem that we heard, that the GRA is taking about 30% of the amount that they collect for the district assemblies, I think that is quite high. I don't know whether that is supposed to cover the operational expenses, but... For me, third-party collection should be ruled out. Why? If we don't digitalize the whole process, if you come to my house and I think that uh, I can get you some lower amounts and then you review my taxes down, you know how cash system works. The corruption cannot be eliminated. So third-party collection should be out. If we are intending to use third parties to enforce people to register their property, then that is it. In that case, there's no exchange of cash. So I come to you, register your property, go online, and then you go, you go and make the payment because the third party has its also target and the, 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 the possibility of people corrupting the people is so high. I mean, the collectors is so high such that third party collection shouldn't be in the picture because we've been using it in the past. District assemblies have been using it in the past and it's not been working. All right. Uh, Francis Smallboy, tax expert. Appreciate your time with us. Good afternoon to you. The Chartered Institute of Credit Management has reaffirmed its commitment to improving credit risk management system within Ghana's uh, financial sector. According to the Vice President and Chairman of the Award Selection and Planning Committee, uh, Christian Tejijan, it will ex- explore diverse ways to work closely with financial sector players to expand the operations and promote standards. He was speaking at a virtual launch of the 2023 Ghana Credit Excellence Awards and the unveiling of the 2023 nominees. It is evident to the fact that the public, and for that matter, the corporate world, endorses what we are doing. As we take pride in the successes achieved by our awards, I wish to say confidently that the CICM is very proud of the various landmark achievements which have contributed immensely towards improvements in organizational performances. Being heedful of the achievements, the Institute has resolved to keep the stakes as high as relevant as possible, so that the standards by which we assess financial institutions and individual performances are not compromised. We are committed to keeping the awards processes simple, transparent, as well as being fair. It is this level of commitment that has guided us as a responsive institution to constantly introduce new and progressive ideas, all aimed at adding value to our processes, as well as new award categories. Some financial experts are calling on the Education Ministry to include financial literacy as a core subject in Ghana's educational curriculum. They believe limited information on investments and other financial subjects are contributing to the over 40% of Ghanaian youth uh, who have resorted to gambling, particularly sports betting. Programs coordinator for the Ghana Youth Investment Program says the easy access to gambling information whips up the interest of the youth in money-exhausting ventures the long-term investments, there's more in this report. 
In the Ashanti Regional Edition of the Youth Investment Educational Tour, Joshua Mensah cautioned against a looming economic crisis if the youth fail to invest their resources appropriately. If the youth doesn't invest, it's going to be, it's going to be a disaster in Ghana because the econ- investment is a, a backbone of every economy in Ghana, in the world. So if the youth are not investing, now what is happening is gambling. The youth have really channeled their efforts to gamble. Now they are about to start the premiership now in Ghana now. Let's go to all the betting status in Ghana. There are a lot of them who are having a lot of ideas, a lot of uh, information about gambling, betting, than investments. And I know that the difference between the rich and the poor is information. If the youth are not informed very well, it's going to affect them seriously. There is no enough information about investing among the youth in Ghana. And I want to appeal to the Ghana Education Service, the uh, 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 tertiary institutions, the stakeholders to put uh, financial education in the curriculum of our children. The Youth Investment Education Tour brought together both tertiary and secondary students for a financial experience in investments. The summit is aimed at promoting interest in savings and investments amongst the youth, thus boosting financial literacy. It expects to create awareness about the capital market and career guidance to students. Stocks experts Hafiz Aziz is advising the youth to make long-term investments. It's a very good way of investing, especially as youth for youth. You have more time ahead, and when you're investing in shares or stocks, uh, it, should, it should be a long-term thing. You should have that long-term mindset, all right, because of the ampers now and the volatility when it comes to investment in stocks. So for youth. Investing in stocks is a, is a way forward, but before they invest, they should make sure that they do their research, they do their due diligence, they should make sure that they talk to a professional stock broker for a good advice as to which stock that they should select and invest in. Okay. And sorry to go there. And lastly, what do you think could be? Since its inception four years ago, the yearly summit has impacted over 5,000 students. The National Youth Investment Training Program has really impacted a lot because it has taught us the um, difference between assets and liabil- liability, how to make your money work for you, and yeah, how to invest, the right time to invest, the right place to invest, and then maybe the right amount to invest. It's most people have misconception that when they invest, you need like lots of money. And then the problem is teaching them that you can start small, that is when you start right. So as we can see, the country is currently facing a lot of problems when it comes to the investment sector. So this is giving us the knowledge, the benefit, and then it will help you make an informed decision when you're going to make um, investment. I feel it's a benefit to me to understand the concept of what financially investing your money into something means and then the kind of things you can invest your money in as well. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Bradscreen. All right, and that's our program uh, for this afternoon. More news on our website, myjoyonline.com forward slash business. FDB, AFDB projects end-year inflation of 45% for Ghana in 2023. You can check that out on our website. Let's uh, show you some other headlines. How Bank of Ghana incurred huge loss in 2022 and what it means. We've been talking a lot about this today and also uh, trending on our website. Uh, this other story. In a moment, first corner of Ghana's economy turned. There's, there are more to turn, according to economists. Uh, I mean, following that comment by the finance minister that we've turned the corner. More news there, myjoinline.com forward slash business. 
the marketplace returns. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.